Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hi there, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. I'm your host, James. As every week, I have the honor of speaking to amazing people, usually in the world of business, uh, working on purpose-driven businesses. EcoSend itself, you can learn more about EcoSend on our website. We're a climate-conscious email marketing platform. And uh, the podcast really started as a journey to understanding more about the world of purpose-driven businesses and the climate in particular. This week, I'm honored to be joined by Russ Avery. Russ is the co-founder and CEO of Avery & Brown, a B Corp certified sustainable marketing agency, which specializes in supporting companies within the built environment sector. Although Avery & Brown is only three years old, Russ has been working in sustainability for almost 15 years. He lives in Surrey with his wife and three kids. And I'm so excited to be talking to you today, Russ, because you've got a lot I'm sure you're going to be unpacking with us. And I can't wait to learn more about what you're up to, Russ and Avery, and about the built environment. I, I want to unpack a lot of stuff here. So welcome to the show, Russ. Th thanks for being on the show. Thanks a lot for having me, James. And yeah, it's great to be here. Great, great to see you. So Russ, Tell me a bit more about yourself in your own words. I, I know I've, I've read off a little bit of an intro spiel there, but what are you, what are you up to of Avery and Brown? T tell us all more. Great. So yeah, my journey into sustainability started from as early on as I can remember, really. And I've got growing up on the beautiful West Coast of Scotland to, to thank for that. So I'm very lucky. It's a privilege to grow up surrounded by beautiful countryside. Because I know that not everyone um, has access to it, um, which is part of the problem. And yeah, that was uh, largely responsible for a love of nature and wildlife from yeah as early as I can as early as I can remember. Um, however, it wasn't until I was about uh, twenty five or twenty six or something that I actually started to think about sustainability in terms of a career and what I wanted to. Do. So I, my journey began in earnest in 2009-10 when I got a foot in the door with a small ocean conservation charity called SeaWeb um, based in London, um, which, was, uh, which was a fantastic place to work. And I was there for a couple of years before I then fell into corporate uh, sustainability consultancies. Uh, and I worked for two of those in central London for six years um, before I then left uh, to become an independent marketer for sustainable brands. And to give you the nutshell version, I guess, uh, yeah, Avery Brown was born in uh, in August 2020, so we're a COVID baby. Nice. And yeah, so we're just over three years old. And yeah, I'll leave it there for now because I know you've got more more questions about <laughs> ethics. That's that's super interesting. I mean, you say you, you know, it's also good hearing hearing about the the very early days, like being in the Scottish countryside. That sounds delightful. So that was a was it. 
an element of that transition from like, being in the countryside to being in cities that sort of got you quite interested in, it, in this? Or was it that contrast that maybe spawned some thoughts about um, what to do? Or Yeah, potentially, like maybe subconsciously. Mm. I'd be lying if I said that was a conscious thing. <laughs> but I mean, I think... Yeah, it probably did play a factor. So I've always lived, or sorry, a lot of the, a lot of my life I've lived by the coast and surrounded by the countryside. So I definitely really do miss uh, the sea, for example, because I don't live by it anymore. I'm in I'm in Surrey, so we're we're a landlocked county. But yeah, like working and living and working in central London is obviously worlds away from living living next to Loch Lomond, uh, <laughs> which is where I'm which is where I was from. Yeah, and I. I just, I thought about what I actually wanted to do in life as a career. I got a degree in languages uh, from the University of Exeter, but I didn't want to use them in anything for a career. So I didn't want to be a translator or an interpreter or anything. Um, so it was a relatively useless degree from that <laughs> perspective. <laughs> um, and then I did a couple of years of temp jobs when I graduated and yeah, I took a step back and decided what, what do I actually want to do in life? And although I had nothing to show for it in terms of academic qualifications, I decided to try and yeah, get my foot in the door for just some sort of organization that was doing something good in the world uh, and for the planet. So I got that job at SeaWeb while I was doing a certificate in natural and environmental sciences from the Open University. Uh, so at least I was studying while I got the job. Yeah, I see. Uh, like how did you come across that job then and like was that just uh, you were just naturally i was just job hunting on yeah. i only when i decided that's where i wanted to get down i only started job hunting on specific uh, job ad sites like i think it was literally called environmentjob.co.uk right. it got a good domain <laughs> if uh, if that if that still exists then there's a nice little plug well, for them well, well, no does, idea we'll put it. it in the show notes yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I was looking at those kind of job job sports, and uh, obviously I was looking at really entry level positions because I didn't know what specifically I wanted to do. So yeah, it was great to just get my foot in the door. Very inspiring, though, that sort of to to just jump in and I mean, not too much of a pun, but to dive in at the deep end there. But but like to to do that without really, you know, thinking, oh, I need to, I need another degree, or uh, I need lots of extra knowledge i think especially when it comes to climate and something we've found is that sometimes you can be so worried you're doing the wrong thing and, and not not do anything and, and a fear of a lack of knowledge can sometimes i think from a lot of conversations i've had can hold people back sometimes but mm. you were you were yeah. quite keen to to jump in and start trying to make an impact sort of one way or another yeah, well, I knew I'd have to work my way up. I knew I'd be against going for jobs against other candidates yeah. who had maybe relevant degrees and degrees in sustainability and natural science, or maybe even like ocean ocean conservation and marine biology related degrees yeah. for the job at SeaWeb. But yeah, I, I just went for it. And I knew that, well, I hoped that having something on my CV, which in my case was doing my, my certificate at the OU, would just have, you know, show that I was actually serious about this and I wasn't just going for <laughs> a job in a completely unrelated field. So, yeah, it was a gamble, but it paid off. What what did SeaWeb actually, what did they actually do out of interest? So they, we did a lot there, actually. The main uh, kind of campaigns and initiatives that I was um, helping out with in my two years there were um, sustainable seafood, coral conservation, and in fact, those were the two main 
campaigns I worked on. So sustainable seafood was a big one that SeaWeb uh, were heavily involved in, which is a really, really interesting, interesting world. In fact, it was really interesting to see a couple of years ago when Seaspiracy came out on Netflix. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it. I've, and not, everyone was I've talking. not seen it myself. Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely one to check out, but yeah. that got people talking for all sorts of reasons. Some people hated it and thought it painted a lot of these issues and a lot of good organizations in a really bad light. Right. But what it did do was, was massively raise um, awareness um, around the, through the general public of the dire state of the world's oceans mm. and yeah, what's happening to them in terms of the overfishing and, and everything else. So I think overall it was probably a good thing because so many people didn't know yeah, about these issues before. And that's what we need to do, right? Is reach outside the echo chamber and the bubble that we all work in as um, sustainability professionals and try and engage the masses. So um, we need documentaries like that to, to help us achieve that. Yeah, it's almost it's better for people to have some awareness, even if it's maybe not ideal or not 100%, you know, unbiased or whatever. But awareness is better than total obliviousness to to, to the topic exactly and you know people then naturally fall down the rabbit hole a bit because they'll google certain topics and things that they've seen in the film and then they'll you know hopefully end up learning yeah. even more than the film itself teaches them through their own uh, reading and stuff so well you've definitely made me uh, want to line something up on netflix there. i don't think i've got enough value for my netflix subscription lately so Hopefully you can do some good in the world with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are there are some good some good nature and climate related documentaries yeah. on there. Yeah, I see. Well, thank you for the yeah. We'll we'll uh, see if we can link to that as well. Actually, in in the notes and yeah. So I I know I've got very hung up on SeaWorld there. I I got caught in the the sea. So after that though, that was sort of you were there for a bit, and then you started working more in a in a more corporate kind of world, but still trying to bring these values to the business life I yeah guess. so yeah. the stars really kind of aligned for me on my next job because after two years at SeaWeb uh, my wife and I were looking to move out of central London yeah. where we lived at the time and we we decided to move to Farnham in Surrey which yeah. is where I still am now uh, and so I left SeaWeb to get a new job and I managed to get a job I mean this is crazy right in Farnham where we were moving <laughs> With a small startup uh, sustainability uh, consultancy. <laughs> it was just like ideal. Uh, so that we were, <laughs> yeah, so they were called uh, Carbon Credentials. They're now Carbon Intelligence, part of Accenture. Uh, yeah, it was called Carbon Credentials, based in Farnham, about six people, based in a small office by Farnham Station. And I joined them as their marketing and communications manager in 2012. Uh, by the time I left them four years later, we were about 60 people based on Regent Street in central London. So that was an amazing journey to be a part of. Barnum, Regent Street, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> what a trajectory. That is, that is awesome. Yeah, that was a great, a great journey to be a part of. And um, yeah, I, I learned so much in those, in that four years and also made a lot of good friends and um, who I'm still friends with today. Uh, most of us since moved on from that and it's great seeing all the different jobs that my old carbon credentials colleagues have gone on to get in like still in sustainability yeah. but with other with other companies and see seeing what they've gone to do um yeah it's great amazing and so was it literally from there to to then now running Avery and brown and no then i did two years for one of carbon 
credentials competitors who at the time were called Sustainable Commercial Solutions. Uh, and then I led the rebrand of them into Evora Global, which is what they're still called. Um, and I was there for two years and they were a, or still are, sorry, a corporate sustainability consultancy specifically for the commercial real estate sector. I did two years there from 2016 to 2018. And then that's when I left to, to go it alone and stopped commuting into London four days <laughs> and, and all that other good stuff. Yeah. And I can see that uh, maybe inching towards the sort of topic of the built environment and where you specialize now. Uh, and so I know you wanted to talk about purpose-driven businesses. Was there a point where you felt I need to work at one or I need to start one or I need to be spending my time only with purpose-driven businesses? Like, was there a, a tipping point like, that journey? Or... Yeah, I really wanted to... I really wanted to start one. So working for one absolutely would have been, yeah, the, the second choice. But I I thought about things a lot and starting my own was something that I really wanted to do so that I could have, so that I could do what I wanted to do in terms of the direction that I wanted to take a business and not have to, not have to seek approval or convince, you know, yeah. a boss that that was the right thing to do and to see what I could, what impact I could do if I was yeah. starting my own. And so it was still two years though before Avery and Brown was formed. So first I was just Russ Avery Consulting Limited and I was doing what we do at Avery and Brown just as a one-man business. Uh, but it's while I was doing that that I met Tim who had recently gone freelance as a graphic designer and I started using Tim's graphic design services mm -hmm. to fulfill some of my client jobs and, and we just really enjoyed working together and decided to make it formal and we closed down our respective businesses and formed Avery and Brown. And from day one, you know, being purpose-driven and having our sights set on becoming a certified B corporation, for example, was, you know, was something we literally did talk about in our kind of Avery and Brown kickoff meeting, oh, wow. which, was, which took place in my garden shed in summer, <laughs> in summer 2020. Yeah. <laughs> incorporated the business a month later or something in, in the August. But yeah, like... It, we haven't pivoted as an agency like it's been sustainability um, from day one yeah. from the from the get-go and then we'd only been going for about six months i think when we started talking about regenerative business uh, yeah 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 so yeah and that's a term i mean yeah i've got so many questions about the shed but i must say the logo is very cool too so it helps having a co-founder who knows about design <laughs> yeah that's, that's definitely handy uh, it's nice we get we still get nice comments about our, our own branding and stuff, yeah. which is a really, a really good proof point in terms of what, what we do for our clients. Yeah, and usually stuff, a good so indication, good. isn't it? <laughs> Never yeah. quite trust the design agency if their logo looks like it was done in, in word art or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, you wanted to talk about regenerative business as well. Uh, yeah. And, and you were, you're just touching on that. And that's a topic that's come up on a few of the episodes on, on the show. And I guess. Yeah, a lot of us talk about sustainability. We talk about this whole field of sustainable business and doing things sustainably, but that is perhaps not not enough. And what does what does regenerative business mean to you? Or what, what do you what do you think about when when you when you say that? Yeah, that's right. So to your to your point you just made, for us it's the fact that sustainable business 
is just not enough anymore. Like it's way too late in the day for that. Unfortunately, if we're to believe the scientists, which of course I think we should, but actually now you only just really need to look outside and turn on the news to see the latest extreme weather event that's taking place yeah. somewhere in the world. Yeah. So being sustainable as the very word and name of sustainable business implies that you operate in such a way so that you can keep going and maintain your maintain your operations over time we now need businesses that actively give back more to both society and the planet than they take so it's not just about being sustainable it's about using your profits because again purpose and profit are obviously not mutually exclusive yeah. like or now happily dozens of dozens of examples to prove that that's very much the case and yeah. um, thanks to things like the b corp movement and stuff and it's about how using those profits for good to give back more so you know when, when you've done some what i know some sustainability consultants would consider to be kind of sustainability 101 and like reduce your business carbon footprint and things like that it's like yeah but then what can you do mm. can you can you keep the reducing it to try and be um, a carbon neutral or a net zero business what can you use your profits for can you support local you know environmental regeneration projects uh, yeah. either locally on your doorstep or internationally through supporting the right kind of uh, charities and companies can you give back can you give back to society by supporting local charity or supporting your local food bank you know food banks is a really interesting example actually because Farnham for example is a really affluent area you know it's commuterville it's like a shishi surrey kind of town but there's also a lot of poverty around and you can easily forget that when you live somewhere like this and you're surrounded by like nice houses and people driving land rovers mm -hmm. um but there's also like a bunch of food banks around and people who you know the cost of living crisis and everything has like hit them really hard so thinking thinking globally and acting locally which i know is probably a massive cliche it's a cliche for a reason because it's true right and these are all the things that we need to think about and it's it's a privilege to run a business um where you can choose how to use your profits and what impact you can have and if we can get more and more businesses to think in these terms like is the world a better place because my business exists is a great question to ask yourself which was the theme of the the Better Business Summit up in January, uh, up in Manchester in January, sorry, earlier this year. Um, I think that's a great question that if every business asked themselves that, they'd immediately think of all these different little things that they could be doing. And, you know, maybe that's a good opportunity to mention our regenerative business mind map that we made, because that's what we tried to get people to do. So that all started with our own iPad sketch uh, that I did back in April 2021, where I was just sketching down some of my own ideas for our well, for what we were then calling our sustainability journey here at Avery and Brown. Um, and I shared it on LinkedIn. I was never expecting it to get such a huge reception, but it did. So we, we took it further and we took people's comments into consideration for the next version. And then we created a next version and a next version. So I think we're on like version, the version that's available on our website now is version three. And it's just meant to be a great source of inspiration for anyone who wants to start their journey towards being a better business but has got absolutely no idea where to start and you can literally dive into this mind map which looks very complicated from the nature of being a mind map but actually it's broken down by section and you, you can start wherever you want and it should source as a great 
uh, yeah, serve as a great source of inspiration for for what you can do. That is awesome. I know we'll, we will definitely have that in the the notes as well for this episode. So anyone anyone listening can absolutely go go grab that. It's so inspiring to hear you, hear you talk, Russ, because you know I think well, well anyone running a, either a sustainable business or even better a regenerative business, like they probably haven't. Well, unless they're like you, they probably haven't been doing that all the time they've been running their business. And for us, we on this journey ourselves and for a long time a heck of a long time running go squared my mindset was like we've got to survive <laughs> we've got to build our business we've got to try and you know try and make more money than we spend and there's a whole other sector called the charity sector that does like the good stuff and you know i love what they're doing but like that's not for us to worry about and since on this journey with ecosend and and building things and taking a different mindset, it's just incredible to see how much you can do as a business to make the world better. And it's infectious, I think, in that like once you start doing that, you want to do more and you realize how much more there is yeah. to do. And you want to tell everyone <laughs> to try and like think of it. And hopefully, yeah, as you say, it is truly a privilege to do that. I completely agree. Our purpose at Avery and Brown is to inspire others to be a force for good. So uh, good jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. So we, we thought about that a lot as you, as you can imagine, and as you would hope, and that's what we came up with as our purpose, because it's not about the fact that we're a sustainable marketing agency and we've got, you know, we've got our vision and our mission as well, but our purpose, we really loved that because it speaks to so, so much more than just the fact of the, what we do as a sustainable marketing agency. So that is why we share so many free resources, you know, that these things take us a lot of time to make. It costs the business a lot every time we pull together one of our free resources that we share. Um, but we do it because we really do believe in trying to live out our purpose and yeah, do exactly that. Inspire others to be a force for good. We can go quickly if we go alone, but we can go far if we go together, right? We need yeah. to get other people engaged and on board. And if we can help do that in some small way by sharing our knowledge publicly, then great, we'll do it. Like that's what it's all about. It's like we need to, we need to get people on board. We need to rally the troops. We need to, we need every business doing this, not just a small handful of us who all go to the Blue Earth Summit yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it needs to be, it needs to be everyone. Absolutely. And and that mindset as well, it's easy to take for granted that you're willing to share things like that because, you know, in the world of business at times, it can sometimes feel like, oh, we've discovered this thing that makes us unique and let's keep it secret and private. And, you know, we don't want other people copying this or doing this better than us. Whereas like on this subject, <laughs> we all share this planet together. <laughs> the chances are you want someone to come along and do a better version of that mind map and <laughs> show you show you and then get a v4 out i, I would imagine <laughs> yeah 100 so, yeah anyone's uh, anyone's free to go and do that <laughs> it would be great it'd be great to see what they come up with. Uh, yeah as long as they as long as they reference back yeah. to our original one that'd be great <laughs> make sure there's a backlink yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah and you mentioned something else interesting james which was the whole you know the charity sector being thought of as the people who are doing the good like over there yeah well, I thought as well when I when I worked at SeaWeb and before I worked at SeaWeb, and it was only when I joined Carbon Credentials, and then I, while I was there in my four years there, I started discovering 
uh, lots of different companies and this this movement called B Corp, which back mm. then was still really unheard of. Yeah, I guess in 2012, I guess B Corp was maybe only six years old. Very early days, yeah, like really early days. And yeah, so it's when I discovered that oh no, you can be a for profit business but still do good in the world. And in yeah. fact, sometimes you can do potentially even more good than a charity can, which is a really bold claim. But actually, charities is such a complicated landscape with I the way charity finances and stuff like that work and getting the aid to the right places and using the yeah. using donation money like in the most effective way and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong for a second, there are some charities that do that amazingly and yeah. are really transparent about how many you know, how many pence out of your pound goes to the actual end cause yeah. that you're trying to and stuff. Yeah. But I think the private sector plays a massive, massive role in the creation of a better planet. Yeah. So we need more purpose-driven businesses to to rise up and yeah, use their profits and their voice and their message for, for good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess on a high level, it's like, we're not in a very good situation if the companies do the bad stuff and the charities do the good stuff and hopefully the charities do more good stuff than the bad the companies do bad stuff like we can't we can't have that as a solution the charities are just effectively trying to firefight yeah the bad yeah stuff that the companies are doing. it'd be a good idea if the companies did some good stuff <laughs> yeah and so I know we've already been whizzing through the topics here, Russ, and I know you you said that we'd easily go a half hour without <laughs> covering everything, but I know we critically we really want to talk about the built environment, which is a big, well, your big focus at, at Avery and Brown. So tell me more. Yeah, so this came about uh, really organically, and it wasn't our focus from day one. To begin with, we were just, I say just, but we were a sustainable marketing agency for any purpose-driven business, no matter what sector they were from. However, B2B was where our experience and expertise lay. So even even Tim hadn't done as much B2C stuff as he'd done B2B businesses in his design work previously. I'd been B2B because I was in-house marketer at two corporate sustainability consultancies. So we were never going to be a big consumer goods sustainable marketing agency yeah which is you know probably what most people think of maybe fairly as the sexier kind of side of it because you're getting to market market cool products instead of services but you know actually b2b doesn't have to be boring it's about it's about you making it more interesting for your client i think it's actually more of a challenge um, but the built environment thing came around because actually most of our clients just happen to be in that space and that is, as you said, that is directly linked back to my my jobs at both Carbon Credentials and Abora Global because I had loads of contacts in the real estate sector right. and yeah, the built yeah. environment space. And we won a few of those people as our clients in the early days of Avery and Brown. And so before we know it, without kind of deliberately trying or focusing on that sector, yeah, probably about 70 percent of our clients were built environment related clients and for those that don't know the built environment is a phrase that encompasses buildings towns and cities and infrastructure just that everything a few things there (laughs) yeah you know it's what humans have built you've got the natural environment rapidly losing at an alarming rate and so that's our last wild places and you know countryside and the ocean And, and then you've got the built environment so yeah 
that that which humans have made. So it's great because it's a niche, but it's a massive niche because it includes construction companies, property developers, real estate firms, architecture practices, renewable sure. energy, and technologies that are making buildings and cities more sustainable or regenerative. It's actually vast because there are so many companies that we'll have never heard of who are doing really cool yeah. things and trying to trying to make our buildings, towns, and cities more more sustainable. So that is our focus. Do we still talk to other cool purpose-driven businesses from outside of that sector? Yes, absolutely. In terms of like what we're going after, we're looking to yeah, acquire more clients from that space just because uh, we think it'll be good to have a niche and, and a focus. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and also because the opportunity for positive impact is so huge. That's the other reason we do it. So it so there's a fact that gets thrown about a lot in this space, but it's for good reason, which is that buildings account for 40% of global CO2 emissions. It's massive. So we've absolutely got to make our, our built environment more sustainable if we're going to have you know, any chance of preventing runaway climate change. So it's a really cool sector to have a positive impact in as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you you see it in in London, like living near London, like in London and working in London, and you know you you try and do all the good in the world, and you see skyscrapers going up, primarily made of concrete and steel and glass, and uh, often lifespan of maybe forty, fifty years, and and you think, wow, that's that's an interesting situation we're in, isn't it? Hundred <laughs> percent, and there's so. There is such a massive amount of work to be done to insulate existing building stock, eutrophic existing buildings to make them more sustainable. And these are huge jobs. And, you know, all of that needs to be done. And yet what drives me crazy is that even these brand new buildings that you just mentioned and brand new skyscrapers and stuff, they're not being built as sustainably as they could yeah. because of lack of regulation. Mm. You know, it's mad that there are any new houses, for example, to talk about the residential side of buildings, it's mad that there are any new houses being built that don't have B bricks and Swift bricks and sedum roofs and, you know, ri ridiculously well insulated and stuff as absolute standard because these things are really easy to do and we know how yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, if the regulation's not there and the house builder doesn't need to do it, they're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I feel like we could easily go into another whole hour show about this <laughs> in particular, as you want this would happen. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And there are some cool things being done as well, James, as you'd yeah. expect. Amazing things being done with uh, timber, timber frame really? buildings and timber okay. buildings now. So there's a whole wooden uh, kind of mini city being built. Um, I think it's just on the outskirts of Stockholm or even oh, in part wow. of Stockholm. So, you know, there are obviously loads of really cool things happening and there are much better housing developers and property developers who are getting above and beyond yeah. what they need to do from a regulatory point of view by creating more sustainable homes, um, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, it's not the majority. That's yeah. the point. And hopefully, hopefully that will continue to change. And I guess it's where companies like yourselves are helping those companies stand out more and thrive and grow so i guess yeah i'm optimistic for the future speaking of the future i know you wanted to briefly mention maybe like i don't know any any thoughts on how you maybe it's an extension of what you were just saying there us but like in in sort of five years time what do you think is going to change or stay the same within within the business landscape 
yeah, so I realized that I kind of, this is where I was supposed to like wink at you and send you my code words and <laughs> yeah. not ask me or something. But I probably haven't thought this through well yeah. enough, but I think, you know, get, I'll start with the pessimistic side of the <laughs> coin. Because what scares me is that with how quickly things have changed in terms of climate this year alone, yeah. it's been kind of, well, it's been terrifying to put it frankly, like the climate scientists have been massively alarmed with how quickly things have changed this year in terms of average temperature increases yeah. and uh, what's been happening with ocean surface temperatures and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's happening much quicker than they thought. And so I think, my God, in five years time, it'll be uh, 2028, nearly 2029, because it's nearly the end of the year already. And if this pace of change continues to continues to happen or accelerates due to due to tipping points and positive feedback loops then you know we're going to be in a really really shit state my but my hope is that the the better business movement will kind of continue to accelerate will continue to put ever increasing amounts of pressure on world leaders and governments and I mean, my hope would be that in five years' time, businesses which operate like B Corps or like regenerative businesses are just 10 a penny and that yeah. there are loads of us out there yeah. and that the groundswell has like really happened and finally reached a point where any business that's not like that is looked at like an absolute dinosaur yeah. and they can't, they can't attract anyone to work for them because the shift in people wanting to work for such companies has changed as well. So we just need this massive snowball effect to happen yeah. that makes old traditional business models completely defunct and being viable. Yeah, changing the default of what's expected of business. Exactly. But, you know, it would be a hell of a lot easier if we had world leaders that actually cared enough to help us <laughs> make this happen so we didn't all need to put in as much effort. Yeah. But... Sadly, that's just not reality. Um, and, you know, we obviously think in terms of the UK here, because that's where we live, but we're just one country in the world. Yeah. We have influence and, and, and impact, but we're just one small country. And this, this has got to happen like around the world yeah. quickly. Well, obviously the onus is on, is on the Northern Hemisphere and, and all the big countries like the UK, which have contributed so much to the damage thus far. The onus isn't on you know, yeah. Southern Hemisphere, poorer nations, which have had absolutely nothing to do with the climate crisis. We it's on be, us. We should be yeah. setting the example we, for how to put it right. Yeah. Actually, we've got to lead from the front, set the example, and show show how we can turn things around. So yeah, five years time. Wow, it's scary. Ages away to talk about 2028, 29, but it's actually going to come around really quickly. Yeah. And yeah, four, four or five more years like this year is going to be uh, going to be pretty tough to deal with. Yeah, hopefully that will inspire a few people to maybe make some changes in their lives and start start businesses of their own, maybe. And yeah, I I think hopefully, as you say, the the kinds of companies putting be becoming purpose driven is going to become more and more of a norm. Doing things in a better way is is going to become the default. I I would hope for that as well and uh, yeah let's let's see where we are hopefully we don't even need to we don't need to wait five years <laughs> either <laughs> to, to get to, to a better place yeah 
Thank you for sharing that, Russ. I know, know you just made sure it's clear your resources you wanted to share. So the the business mind map hopefully will help others if they, on that very poignant note, you've just been sharing there to, to actually start changing your own business and do something about it. Like that's a good place to start, I guess. Yeah. I just hope that anyone who's even remotely interested, which, you know, I'm guessing the listeners of this podcast already tick that box, which is great. But if they're not sure how to take the next step on their journey, the mind map should provide uh, lots of ideas. Awesome. And you also have another resource, which is the ultimate impact reporting list, which also sounds Yeah, good. so that's, that's our latest uh, free resource, uh, which has been a long time coming. And we're really proud of this one as well. So anyone who is thinking about uh, publishing an impact report, uh, which certified B corporations have to publish um, as part of the B Corp process uh, between their recertification years and which other companies are now beginning to do voluntarily just because they want to yeah. show leadership and talk about their, their journey. Um, this should be really, really helpful because it can be really overwhelming, not knowing where to start, not knowing what information to include. Um, and it's full of, as you'd imagine, a checklist, loads of things to think about and yeah. tick off and uh, yeah, it will help you get started on that journey. And if it still feels really overwhelming, then that's exactly what we can, we can help with. Sure. Thank you, Russ. We'll, we'll link both of those in the notes. And if anyone wants to find you online there, you're on Twitter, at the Russ Avery, on Instagram, also the Russ Avery. And you're also on LinkedIn, Russ Avery. And you've got your website, russavery.com. And there is averyandbrown.com. So we'll link all of those in the notes. And yeah, I guess if you're working in the built environment, and uh, you want to chat, then this is the person to talk to. But yeah, thank you so much, Russ. I, I feel like it's been a fantastic show packed with, well, inspiration, so hard, hard truths there, and but also lots of actionable resources to, to hopefully help people on their own journey, which has been amazing. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me, James. It's been, uh, it's been great to chat. Thank you, Russ. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening if you've listened and enjoyed this show we always want to hear from you uh, please do tell anyone you think might be interested in the show about it uh, it always helps uh, spread stories like russ's here and we'd love to see you next time on the show so thanks for listening and catch you next time <laughs>